This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Axonius has crossed the chasm, the first company to solve the cybersecurity asset management problem. Gartner has recognized cyber asset attack surface management chasm as a category in their hype cycle for network security 2021 report. Axonius gives its customers a comprehensive, always up-to-date asset inventory, helps uncover security gaps, and automates as much of the manual remediation as you want. Take a look at Exonius and give your teams time back to work on the high-value cyber initiatives they were trained to do. Welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. This episode, we speak to someone with a growth mindset, someone who is a constant evolving work in progress, someone that realizes that they only fail when they stop trying. This episode, we speak to a three-time Grammy award-winning producer, mixer, and engineer that was kind enough to share his recording studio with us today. Our guest is Trey Nigella. Trey is the co-owner of Luminous Sound Studio in Dallas, Texas, and is a creative mind. This was a really fun episode for us to record and learn more about Trey. Can't wait to share it with everyone. So let's jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. This is a unique situation. We are live here in a studio together and with a guest. Our guest this episode is Trey Nigella. Trey is a three-time Grammy award-winning producer, mixer, engineer, and is also the co-owner of Luminous Sound, this beautiful studio in Dallas that we're actually recording this podcast at. Welcome to the show, Trey. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here and see what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we see the accolades that you have, your body of work, it's truly impressive. We thought immediately we have to have this guy on the podcast to talk about his background, talk about what he thinks about craftsmanship or craftspersonship, how you're going to that next level. But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. Sure. Well, I started playing music in high school, junior high probably, like a lot of kids picking up an instrument. I started as a guitar player and played in the garage bands. Not much really ever came from those experiences, but it did kind of form my path. By the time I was in high school, I got very into the audio portion of the theater. So I was running sound for the choir shows, jazz band, orchestra, editing music for the dance team, all that kind of stuff and playing in bands and working at a music store. And so by by late high school, I was pretty much consumed with music at that point nice. and uh, went off, went to a, an audio production, music production school in Florida called Full Sail. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys may have heard of that. It's sort of a trade school, but kind of a high end place. They also do film and digital animation so if you want to be a movie producer or work at pixar or those kinds of things that's where a lot of people go Um, i had that experience there and then started working in studios playing in bands running live sound kind of hustling in my early 20s kind of whatever you can do to make a living in the music business right 
and then progressed now where I just mostly work in the studio, working on record projects and, and run a facility. Right, that's incredible. You know, when you do anything great, and it really doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're doing music, cybersecurity, technology, being a chef, it's all about those incremental improvements over time after a long career. But that career has to start somewhere. What was that moment in your life where you said, music is it, this is what I'm gonna do, this is who I am, and tell us the story about that. I don't know if there was one specific moment. It definitely happened in that four-year period of high school where I was kind of already getting into bands and starting to learn audio, and I wasn't sure exactly what the path was going to be, but I knew it was audio and music related. That was my passion. Um, went into a studio when I was 16 with my little garage band. We all pooled our money together. I rented some studio time and nothing ever came of the recording. I'm sure it was probably terrible, but it was my first <laughs> experience in a pro studio like that. And I just thought it was the coolest place I'd ever been. It was a, a playground for music and magic was made, you know, and I mm. just thought it was the neatest place and I had to be in a studio all the time. So love that. And, you know, when you look at the accolades, the three Grammys, you might wonder like, dang, like, how did this all happen? What led up to this? So like, how did you get into the position of going from musician to mixing, producing, and doing all the other things that go into making like a, a full album or a full impact in the industry? I guess when you start, you assist people, right? You assist people better than yourself and you mm -hmm. learn from them. So starting as an assistant and assisting other engineers and other producers and just watching what goes on. You know, if you wanna be a doctor, it's pretty clear cut path, right? right. You go mm -hmm. and get a degree in medicine and then you go to medical school after college and then you go do a residency and right, there's a pathway there. There is no real producer school. right? I mean, I guess you can go to music school and you can learn how to play an instrument or performance or study theory and you can go to some trade schools and things for engineering, but there is no real producer school. Right. So it's all just sort of on the job training. Like yeah. you said, incremental <laughs> progress with meeting someone, sitting in a session, watching what they do and learning. And then after a while, you start understanding what goes on and then thinking, hey, maybe I could do this. Maybe I don't need to watch someone else. I see what they're doing. I see person A, person B, person C. I've seen them all do it and they all have their own way of doing it. Right. And you sort of learn and then figure out what, what you like or don't like and kind of create your own style, I guess. Yeah. I love that you talk about being an apprentice because I, I feel like nowadays it's hard for kids to think about being an apprentice. They want to be the best tomorrow. They don't want to take the incremental improvements like we're talking about. But I also feel like really what that inspiration really can come from is seeing someone that's masterful at what they're doing. Is there someone that you saw doing their work in the studio and you were just in awe? It was almost magical. Like it was almost to the point where you're like, can I ever do what that person is doing? But just seeing that was the inspiration for you continuing your journey. Is there someone that you can think of that, that really was that inspiration? Uh, I wouldn't pinpoint it to one particular person, I don't think, but it's sort of a culmination of all those people. Mm -hmm. But I would completely agree with you about, it seems like, not to pick on the poor younger generation, <laughs> but I do agree, I would agree with you that it seems like they come in now and it's like, I want to mix records, you right. know, I want to win a Grammy, I want mm -hmm. a platinum record. And, and for me, I started, it, I'm the engineer, I'm the behind the scenes, I'm on the other side of the glass. Right, right. And that was never even on the radar for me. 
You know, to be honest, I didn't even know engineers and producers would win awards. That was always for the star, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I didn't get into that with that mindset. And I think if you go into it in this business and in any business, really, you have to go into it because you have a passion for it mm-hmm. and you don't go into it for accolades, you yep. know, or, or awards. You know, when you look at either an artist, a producer, even someone that works in cybersecurity, there's a lot of creative aspects that go into it. You have to have your own creative process, get inspiration from someone else's creative process. I think there's a lot of similarities for many people, but there's also a lot of differences. What would be the the workflow for someone to kind of get into the zone of creation, making a new idea, making a new sound, or even taking a sound and making it into something else that you didn't even imagine it could be at first? I think what's so great about creativity in general is that there isn't really a rule, right? Right, There is no set process to follow. It's whatever you want it to be. It varies from person to person. Your process probably not the same as my process or what makes gets you in the zone or or spurs your creativity is probably not going to be what does it for me or for Chris or it's all different, right? So it's a it's a good question, but it's tough to answer because I don't know that there is a set thing to follow. Right. Whatever inspires you, I suppose. You know, for me in music, I, I tend to look to other artists for inspiration. Um, I listen. I constantly want to listen to new projects, listen to new records, discover new artists. I got into this because I'm a music fan mm-hmm. first and foremost. Right. Right. So I just wanted to be in the room with these people and watching them. Um, I've seen what works for certain artists, and that's always interesting to kind of Uh, see their process and then I think for me being a a producer or an engineer my job is to uh, foster their creativity Mm -hmm. right it's not really about me it's about their project and my job is to be the support person so to keep the session flowing to keep creativity going so I try to be a chameleon and move and figure out well what do they do what do Mm -hmm. they like what you know gets them in the vibe and then how do I kind of adjust to keep that going and, mm-hmm. and foster that like i said you definitely do it because when we first walked in we asked for water you're like do you want warm water or cold water <laughs> <laughs> one thing that you just mentioned was you're there to support the artists and in cybersecurity, we're doing the same thing we're there to support the business a lot of folks think about cybersecurity as oh you can't download this or you can't use this application but really what we're there to do is enable you to be as innovative and creative as possible while keeping the company safe I'd be curious to hear, you've worked with some incredible people from you know different avenues and different pathways. I'd love to hear some of the folks that you have worked with. And also, is there a memorable story that you have that you could share with everybody today? Wow, yeah, I've got a lot of stories actually. 20 plus <laughs> years of working in behind the closed doors where what most people don't get to see. Right. I don't know what I can share. <laughs> um, you know, but I've had the opportunity to meet or work with kind of a who's who of the music industry from my Grammys are working with the gospel artist, uh, Kirk Franklin, Mm -hmm, who's kind of the pinnacle of gospel music. But I've worked with Lady Gaga, Blake Shelton, Christina Aguilera, Snoop Dogg, Lil Wayne, (laughs) you know, the list goes on and on in some capacity. Not that I've, I don't want to sound like I've sat and done all these people's albums, but you know, we've met in passing or we've done a session or a hand or a week long stint or something, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and it's always an interesting experience to see those people and see their creative process and and sort of just vibe with them. And first one that pops up just because it's been in the news lately. So Kirk and I are very close. 
he's probably the the largest artist I've spent the most time around. He mm-hmm. and I've spent thousands and thousands of hours in a room together. Right. Uh, so he called me up one day and he said, "Hey man, do you have a few minutes? I have a guest and a friend here that I, I'd love to bring by the studio and show him the studio and just maybe listen to some tracks. We're not really going to record or work or anything." I said, "Sure, of course. I'll make a few minutes. Come on by." And about an hour later, the doorbell rang, and I opened the door, and there's Kirk, and behind him is Kanye West. Get out of here. <laughs> and Kanye's dad, who I obviously, oh. Kirk did not tell me who he was bringing. <laughs> and so I'm a little shocked when the door opens, and oh, wow. he's standing right there. Okay. Well, I kind of pulled him aside, like, why didn't you tell me? You know? <laughs> so we came in the studio, and we just hung out, really. We didn't mm-hmm. do any recording. We just listened to tracks together. We played him stuff we were working on. He played us stuff he would had on his laptop and we spent about four hours just hanging out and having lunch and kicking it for the afternoon you know so that was sort of an interesting experience to to see that guy's creative process love him or hate him i know he's sort of a polarizing figure Mm -hmm. personally i can separate the person from the art Mm -hmm. so regardless of what i think about him as a person or the things that he says and what comes out of his mouth in the news i i'm a fan of his art i think he's very progressive so it was interesting to hear a lot of the music he was working on at the time and, and how he kind of runs his business mm-hmm. from that business standpoint, how he has a team of producers making tracks and sending them to him and what he looks for. And so that, that was nice. pretty interesting afternoon. That's awesome. You know, we always talk about artificial intelligence, but it sounds like he has it figured out. He just has people curating the content <laughs> rather than like algorithms doing it for him. Right. He does. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I guess we talk about a lot on the podcast is the things that go in behind the scenes of cybersecurity. There's a lot of things that you might see on TV and in the media with cybersecurity, like flashing lights computers going black and blowing up and whatnot, but most of it really is us reading. Us reading, learning something, maybe programming. What are some of the things that go in behind the scenes for you that is underappreciated that you don't think that people really admire or respect enough? Like for us, I think learning is a hard thing. Learning anything new gets you out of your comfort zone, especially if you're not good at it. There's resistance, there's distractions, but what about in your world? I mean, we're in a similar situation that it's very technology based, Mm -hmm. right? There were constantly new software, new equipment, and we're always expected to be up on the latest, greatest thing. And what new software did you get? Did you get the newest version of this? And Mm -hmm. right. And you want to be kind of cutting edge. So we're in a technology business. Also, the secure, I was just thinking the security is extremely important, right? I mean, artists do not want their songs being leaked. I mean, that can be extremely detrimental. I mean, right. Think about, you know, early 2000s with Napster and all that. Yes. It was a huge deal when songs got leaked on the internet. These artists have spent, you know, months or years possibly writing and creating this material. Thousands and thousands of dollars uh, can go into one song in the creation. Right. They could have been working on this for a month and then, oops, it just got leaked on the internet, mm. you know. And that can, for my business, that could ruin our business. You know, one artist like a Lady Gaga comes here and you leak their song and it gets out. And I mean, no artist is going to want to come to a place like this and work because of that security breach. Mm -hmm. So we're very careful about who has access to files. Do files get backed up? Do they leave the studio? You know, those types of things. I remember when CDs were more popular, there were, I've been to studios in LA where they were literally 
if they were burning a rough or the song, you know, like a rough mix for the artist to listen to, mm-hmm. they would put them in a safe and they would have to be checked out. Oh, like yeah. signed out yep. to know that, you know, even if it was the lead singer of the band, mm-hmm. he has to sign out that he took that CD so that just in case that song gets leaked, we they can trace it back to where it came from. Wow. Yeah. So we're we're very careful about songs. And, you know, in twenty plus years, we've never had anything like that here. Thank goodness. And that's great. You know, I worked at Netflix, and I almost had to wear two different hats. I had the securing the technology hat, and then also securing the content hat. So I had to think of what do people want? What is their intent? Are they a super fan and they just want to get access to it so they can see it for themselves? Do they want to? pirate it and just give it out for everybody, get them to download their application that probably has all kinds of malware and craziness in it. I wanna go back to a thing that you said earlier, and I think it's super important that I wanted to re-highlight, and that's not doing things for the accolades, not doing things for the award, but being a true craftsperson, being as best as you can, being as supportive as you can, really thinking about other people. When you think about focusing on your craft, when you think about supporting other people, what is some of the important things that you think people need to remember about doing the work versus looking for the award? I think ultimately it all boils down to having a true passion for it. Because mm-hmm. if it it doesn't seem like work, you know, right. I probably, to an outside person that doesn't do this, I probably seem obsessed. You know, my wife thinks I can't stop. You know, you're at the studio too much and then you get home and then you want to watch, listen to a podcast about it too. And then you want to watch a TV show about it. But it doesn't seem like that to me. It's true, but it's because I have a passion for it. So the awards and the, the, or money, making a living at it, that kind of stuff, I think just follows. If you have a true passion Mm -hmm. and you practice the craft and you're constantly a student, Mm -hmm. then eventually Hopefully, if you if there's any talent there, yeah. right, eventually the rewards from that will come, whether that be just for me, it was just I want to have a job. I mean, I didn't grow up with any kind of, you know, family of wealth or, or privilege or anything of that much. So for me, I didn't have these enormous expectations of I'm going to go be a millionaire and I'm going right. to win awards. It was I just want to do music. And if yep. I can just pay my bills and make a car payment and a mortgage payment and I get to wake up every day and go make music and I can afford to live that life, then that's all I want to do. I don't want to have to shave and put on a suit and sit in a cubicle all day long, you know, because really, I mean, that's what you're doing with your life, eight or 10, 12 hours a day. So I'm sure there's professions I could do that would probably make me more money, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to spend the bulk of my time, which is something you can't buy, doing something I don't really enjoy. Right. Right. So I come back to just having a real passion for it and being a student of the game still right. always i think that applies to anything really right that you just want to continue to learn and grow and all the other stuff kind of comes with it the clients you know revenue all those types of things just sort of fall into place mm-hmm. hopefully so there's someone out there that wants it tomorrow they want to get the awards they want to be the greatest in whatever they're doing whether it's music whether it's sports, whether it's cybersecurity, technology. I know you would mention to them that you should probably just sit in the saddle, do the work, appreciate what you're creating, and just take it day by day. But what else would you tell that person that really wants to become great at what they're doing and to really focus on the now, being persistent, being constant, versus looking to the end and looking to those awards? I mean, it's discipline, self-discipline, practice, 
and self-motivation. No one's going to make you do it. You know, mm-hmm. I think in anything, sports, any kind of business, how do I articulate that? I think the people that are truly great at whatever they do, they don't need to be motivated. Mm. Right? They're self-motivated. You don't have to tell them to go. You didn't have to tell Kobe Bryant to go shoot free throws right. or practice. He just is going to do it because he has a passion for it. You know, so if you're jumping in going, I want to win accolades tomorrow and I want to do this tomorrow. I mean, to some degree, that's good. It's great to have your dream and be motivated and, and want to push yourself. But if you're in it with that mindset, it's probably you're, you're going at it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You should just want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, being a musician, I always admire all these people that are like virtuosic on their instrument. Right. right. They spend a lot of time in a room alone. Yeah practicing and practicing and practicing right for that small moment that you get out and it's game time that mm-hmm. they get to get on stage and play same thing with like the basketball reference you know you're right. shooting free throws all night that's what no one sees yep right for that one time where they get out there and and have their little moment of glory but if you don't enjoy the practice part of it you're not going to continue because you're going to get worn out and burn out because you're just chasing that little moment of glory mm-hmm. to get out there for game time so I think you have to enjoy the journey of it mm. and the practice time. Right. Right. I'm going to use the, the music analogy, but you could apply this to anything, right? 100%. I have to enjoy sitting in my bedroom alone with my instrument playing for myself. Right. Yeah. You know, and then hopefully I get good enough that then other people then enjoy it. Yeah. There you go. Trey, this was an absolute masterclass on doing the work and improving your craft. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible things that you have going on in your life, what are some of the best ways that people can do that? You can find me in the studio at luminoussound.com. You can follow me on Instagram at at Trey, T-R-E, Danger, D-A-N-G-E-R. Those are probably the two easiest ways to follow me. And you can follow the studio also at at luminoussound on Instagram and Facebook. Excellent. I would highly recommend it. If you're ever in Dallas and need a place to record, I would definitely come back here again. Really appreciate the time, Trey. We'll be sure to drop your social in the show notes and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks for having me, guys. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend or talked about it over coffee. Thank you.